welcome to Drug Mythology. You go first this time. I'm, I'm your co-host, Christian Madonna. And I'm your co-host, Chris Hotziker. And today, we are once again joined by our dear friend, Melanie Moore. Woo! Hiere! Mm-hmm. And you're wondering, wasn't she the person that was on your South Korea episode? Yes. Yes, she was. She's back. She's back. They can't get rid of me. Nope. <laughs> and it's because we are talking about Paramus and Thisbe, which is like a Greco-Roman myth, and she's Greek, and she taught Romeo and Juliet in high school. Spoilers, it's Romeo and Juliet. You probably caught that in the description. Yeah, right. What? What do you mean Romeo and Juliet's actually Greek? <laughs> slash, slash Babylon. Yeah, what do you mean? It's, yeah. <laughs> slash, like, yeah. So, yep, we are excited to get into this myth. It's a continuing our Greek love series, so that's kind of cool. Babylonian and, love, too. Yeah, Babylonian, Wait, Roman. If you've been doing Greek love, have you done any, like, gay love, though? Because isn't that really It's mostly love? been Roman love, truthfully. Mo- mostly Roman love. Yeah, mostly Roman, because Ovid wrote both. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit of both. <laughs> oh, those, those puritanical Romans. Yeah, right? I mean, gay love has always been sprinkled throughout our show in various <laughs> ways, because right. you can't do mythology without gay love. It's just not, it's not. You can't. They're inseparable. It's you the same can't. thing. So, this story is Pyramus and Pyramus and Thisbe, and it is retold famously by Roman poet Ovid, which again, we're like, is it Greek? Is it not? You know. But originally, apparently, it was a Babylonian story, because there is this river Pyramus, which is the Kaon River in Turkey. It's in Turkey. Yeah, so that's probably where it comes from, so I guess we're gonna get on into it then. Yeah, yeah, once upon a time, though, in, in the city of Babylon, though. Yeah, once upon a time in the city of Babylon. Also known as the city of Queen Sam Raimi. <laughs> yeah, Sammy Ramis. <laughs> Sammy Raimi. No, Queen Sam Raimi. I the director. <laughs> he directed this. He directed also... Spider-Man? Spider-Man. I guess. He directed Spider-Man 3. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and 1 and 2. Oh my god, so now Pyramus is totally... Toby Maguire and Thisbe is um, Kirsten, Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. Just keep that mind. Just keep that mental image. Yeah, as for we now on, this. as we like, go on, that's because that's what's in my head. As you we know, that's that's this. not that's not terrible. It's not. It's, I mean, it's a t- casting choice that has somewhat worked out in the past. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Deep breath. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> a little. Just a bit. But I mean. To be fair, Peter and MJ do kind of have the same, like, will they, won't they, be together or not be together. Are they even liking each other? But we can't be together (laughs) because I'm Spider-Man and you're, like, a model. And we have no chemistry. And we have no chemistry. And aren't you dating an astronaut senator right now? Also, can you be an astronaut and a senator? Like, in this universe, Tell Mark... Glenn, what's his face, who's running for Senate that's an astronaut? The one, oh, it's Gifford, Mark Gifford. Tell Mark Gifford that. Yeah. Well, no, tell him he can. He went to space. Yeah, I mean, that's fucking awesome. Keller? No, it's Gifford, because it's Gabby Gifford's husband, the one who was shot in the head. Kevin? Yes, it is her husband. I don't know if that's his last name. I don't think she adopted his last name, and I don't don't think think he adopted hers. Well, he should have taken her (laughs) last name. He really should have. So So anyway. He was in space at the time. In Babylon. So Spider-Man As we Babylon. As we Babylon. In, in Babylon, the city of Queen Sam Raimi. <laughs> the king of queens. The king, king of queens, Sam, Sam Raimi. Raimi. We find ourselves two teenagers in love. Why must they be teenagers, teenagers in, in love? love. Ooh. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Hormones. Separated by a literal wall. Now, when you say a literal wall, are you talking some sort of like metaphysical distance? I'm talking a wonder wall. Concrete? Yes. No, I don't know. Pl- plaster? I don't Bricks? know. Bricks? 
it, no, the real question Stone. is, is this a wall that a god can get over without help? Or is he going to have to climb a willow tree? You know, that's a good point. To go back to our Korea episode. It is, in that, it is because there's two houses that are next to each other. Are so they both alike in dignity? I think so. Oh. But the roof really prevents the trees from reaching over. Oh, no, so there's no willow tree. There is no willow tree to surmount. Oh, no. So I think by the advent of the roof, the god is stopped. Oh, crap. Roofs. I mean, there's got to be, like, a front and back entrance, though, where the wall does not continue. Oh, you mean, like, a house? Yeah, yeah, like, like, like the end of the divide, like, the street, they've totally got to be able to... Right. Well, Well, they can't. They can't. (laughs) Okay, just accept it. They can't. So the girl and and boy next door are two... Peter Parker and... um, Mary Jane. Mercy. They're grown up together, and their families hated each other for, I don't know, lawns or, like, trash day or fences, you know? Offenses loud parties. Yeah, I was going to say loud parties, loud noise parties. complaints. Yeah. So they didn't want their kids to meet or be married, but they're neighbors. So of course they're going to fucking meet. Like, it's trash day. You're taking out the trash. Who are you? And you're like, who's that hottie over there? Damn! Right? Who that hottie I'd be peeping on through that hole in the wall? Right, so here's the thing, is that they are not only separated by a wall, there's also a chink in the wall, which is a small crack, which could also be, like, a hole in the wall, as my one saying. A glorious hole. <laughs> so, are you saying they meet because of a glory hole? Pretty much. Aww. Yes. But you know what? They are sweet and innocent little babies. Now it's a glory hole. And they do not use it as a glory hole. Nah. They just whisper sweet, adorable nothings to each other. That's what they tell Get people. your mind out of the glory <laughs> <laughs> and into the glory hole. And into the glory <laughs> hole. So yeah, this is this is the original glory hole. This is Pyramus and Thisbe doing whatever they were doing with that hole. Sweet nothing. Sweet nothing <laughs> is what they're calling it nowadays. So what all the kids do with glory holes is sweet nothing. Mm-hmm. Sweet nothings. And well, actually, fun fact: nothing is slang for vagina in Shakespeare's time. Ah! Sweet so, vaginas. Uh, sweet vaginas. And so <laughs> the play Much Ado About Nothing. The play is literally Much Ado About a Vagina. What? And the whole thing's about whether or not she's a virgin. So that makes sense now. Yeah, much ado about nothing, much ado about vaginas. So Oh my god. Right? That's what that's about? Because to me it just I couldn't that's put a plot together. Mind. It was a bad wedding. <laughs> it was a bad wedding. And I think what, was Nathan Fillion in the one we saw? The movie version? Oh, yeah. The black and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I honestly cannot tell you who was in that movie. I honestly cannot was. tell you what happened. Nothing. <laughs> vaginas. 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 <laughs> so so it's a glory hole and vaginas happen. And they whispered to each other over the course of their lives growing up. So careless then, whispers. Careless whispers, never gonna dance again. <laughs> Kenny G on the saxophone every once in a while, you know, Kenny is Gius. Um, <laughs> eventually, they're like, this is so fucking stupid. We literally n- live next door to each other. Let's just meet outside. Trash day. Outside of our house? Yeah. Yeah, let's just meet outside on trash day. Let's meet at night when everyone's asleep. And, like, I don't know about you, but when you were into someone, where did you want to meet them in high school? Like, where were you like, okay, I'm going to take this hottie out. Where were you going to go with them? Dairy Queen. Make out point. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Because I, like Pyramus and Thisbe, was going to say a fucking tomb. Oh, these are goth kids. What's more romantic (laughs) than meeting up with the one you love at a tomb? These are Panic at the Disco, my MCR goth kids. I was going to say, I bet their favorite song is Helena. Yeah. Oh, yes. Or Black Absolutely. Parade. Oh, That's yeah. how they met, so though, guys. Night. They heard, da, 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 playing through each other's window, and they're like, oh, when I was a young boy. <laughs> I was 
a young, young boy? <laughs> and that's how they fell in love. So then, of course, they're like, you know what? Let's meet at the tomb of Ninus. Ninnies. Ninnies. The tomb of Ninus. 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 Frankie Muniz. Frankie Yeah, the tomb of Frankie Muniz. Malcolm in the middle, here we go. Yes. Agent Cody Banks. So again, just so you're tracking, you are picturing Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson going to the tomb of Frankie Muniz. We are casting this movie. In, <laughs> in ancient Babylon. In that, real time. And that's what's happening right now. We may be whitewashing it, though. Oh, no, 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 we are. Oh, we no. are. We're uh, so sorry. Uh, oh, no. So anyway, they go to the tomb of I mean, Ninus. I'm sure Ovid did too. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so they go to the tomb of Ninus, and it's where this mulberry tree grows by a river. And, of course, that's like, oh, yeah, I know that place. And the thing is that the mulberry trees have beautiful, white, pristine berries that grow on trees. <laughs> Tree berry, bushes. Berries because do. this totally isn't a metaphor for virginity. Oh, my God, right? Like, oh my purity. God. <laughs> it's <laughs> totally not about purity. No, not it's, a, anyway. it's about nothing. <laughs> right. So much ado about vaginas. Much ado about vaginas. So they're like, let's go to this mulberry tree by the river. And he's like, of course, I know where that is. That sounds cool. <laughs> Bippity bump. Bippity bump. So then, as we all know, teenage girls are far more responsible than teenage boys. So Fisby, who's Mary Jane Watson, mm-hmm. is the first one who shows up. And she's like, oh, yeah, gonna get right. some of that sweet goth dick. Right. She's punctual AF. She's ready. And she's waiting for her bae. Mm-hmm. And then she sees a lioness just, like, moseying on up to the mulberry bush. And she's like, fuck this shit, I'm out. Like, well, the thing is that the no. lioness was totally, like, Nala was totally on her way to be like, can you feel the love tonight? Because she was there to get her some lion nothing. Right, but um, Fisby is just like, I hate the Lion King. One of only, like, a f- handful of people that does, and she's out of there. She's like, nope, fuck this shit, I'm out. Scar right. was right! And they're like, no, he wasn't. Right, so <laughs> as she's running away from the lion, which is a totally, like, understandable way of thinking. There's only, like, like, three right, correct reactions to a lion. Yeah. Running away is one of them. Run away. Wait, wait, wait. What are the other two? Stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> That's three things. And the third one is, oh, a lion. Hey. <laughs> I would you? just like to clarify for the listeners at home that stopping, dropping, and rolling when you see a lion is like probably not a good thing. It'll, con- <laughs> it'll confuse the fuck out of them. Or if you light the lion on fire, it protects you from the fire. Yeah, stop, drop, and roll. Sh- shut them down, open so, up shop. So, really what you're saying is if you encounter a lion, set it on fire. Yeah, does anyone walk around with a flamethrower? I mean, I guess. This, uh, <laughs> this be doesn't. This be doesn't. Does and, this be does not. And you know, it doesn't end well for her. Yes, yeah, th- flamethrower could have saved this situation. A flamethrower would not have changed anything that happened <laughs> So, really the moral of this is flamethrowers fix everything. Yeah. Is what you're saying. If, you're, if it's a zombie apocalypse, that's what I've heard. And if you're a goth teenager, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I believe that. Yeah. So she runs out of there, and as she's running, she, she panics drops. at the disco. She panics. She panics <laughs> at the disco. It's true. <laughs> yes, Raven the Grave panics at the disco. She drops her like cloak or veil. It's her, or, yeah, her veil. It's like yeah. some sort of it's item of clothing. Yeah. It's her glass slipper. 
Yeah, pretty much. And she drops it, and the lion goes up to it, and it's like, oh, convenient, a napkin. And it starts, like, doing, like, the fancy dab, you know, trying to right. clear away the blood. It's Because like, it has, like, blood on its face from a recent kill. So and a like, bit of parsley in its teeth. Yeah, so it's like, let me just clean that up real quick. And then just, like, tears it up with its claws, takes a drink from the water, and then leaves. So then, Pyramus, like all teenage boys, is like, oh, shit, I was supposed to be somewhere half an hour ago. And leaves his house after putting on his eyeliner. Oh, yeah. as we've established. And skinny jeans. He had to wrestle with those skinny yeah, jeans. Yeah, he, he actually took an extra half actually, hour. Yeah. He realized, Squeeze. oh, shit, this is, my aesthetic is actually a little bit more difficult to fit than I thought skinny it was. Skinny jeans <laughs> shuffle. Yeah. So, so again, I'd like you to update your mental image to this is now Spider-Man 3. This is Spider-Man 3 by Peter Parker. Three. <laughs> Theater Parker. Venom Parker. <laughs> oh, with the black button down and the black skinny jeans and, and, the, the, hair and the hair over one, one eye yeah. and the eyeliner. Like, That's... He, he thinks he looks fucking hot. He's <laughs> walking down the street. You know, it's, it's that scene. Yeah, yeah, it's that scene. So yeah. he's walking like, oh yeah, gonna get some at Ninus's tomb because <laughs> tombs are where you get laid. Right. And he goes up there and he sees the bloody torn veil and he's immediately just like... I guess she got <gasps> eaten by a lion. I guess she got <laughs> eaten by a lion. This stuff happens on the daily in this village. Like, it's, more, it's more common than you think. It's more common than you think. Yeah. So he's like, all right, she got eaten by a lion. I guess I'll die. Like, I guess I'll die. Yeah, that's it. That's... Yeah, well, guess there's no point in being alive anymore. That girl I haven't fully seen in person got eaten by a lion, my neighbor... Mm, yeah, that girl immediately died. That girl I've only seen through a tiny chink in the wall. Although, to be fair, we have established that it's like a glory hole chink in the wall. So they're so. very intimately acquainted. They're very intimately acquainted, despite having seen each other. But still. No, he's not. I mean, he can't be 100% sure it was her. Oh. What if he thought it was Thisbe all this time and it wasn't? It was actually Venom. <laughs> oh, no. oh, Tumblr be damned. So... Tumblr, you're nasty. You're nasty. <laughs> so he takes the sword and just, like, slashes himself. No, no. He no. falls on it. He, like, so literally... F- falls on it. Literally. Like the, samurais the, No, no. Well, no, the samurais are the ones who do the cut they, across they the They slice them up. across. Uh, falls on yeah. it is just like, I don't know, he sticks it in the ground so and runs at it. That's, <laughs> that's, an actual, that's an actual phrase now, though. You'll hear someone say, like, oh, he fell on his own sword. Like, he not, took the fall. It's, it's, he took the fall. So if someone says that, it's like he, he sacrificed himself knowing what was going to happen. Death. And Death. Yeah. It happens to most sword attacks. So yeah. he, stuck, he, stuck, he stuck the sword straight up in the ground at like a 70 degree angle and mm. ran at it and just kind of jumped into it. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like a Tucker and Dale versus evil style. Just straight. Oh, into yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. That's what I would imagine happened, yeah. but apparently it was a very common mode of suicide in Babylon. Babylonian times. From, like, that's apparently what Ovid is trying to play off of when he mentions that. People have been mm-hmm. falling on their swords for thousands of years. It's, uh... Falling, in quotation marks. It's more common than you think. <laughs> Probably. So when he falls on his sword, like, blood just splatters like a George A. Romero film across the mulberry trees, just drenching them, in, and it turns the berries from white to red. This is the most goth thing I've ever heard. You know? Like, <laughs> you I'm, gonna be, right. I'm gonna be so depressed that my girlfriend was, like, probably eaten by a lion, even though there's no body and, like, no concrete proof that that's what happened, that I'm just gonna, like, like die. die. And then I'm my blood... Okay. <laughs> and then my blood is gonna like fucking stain the berries forever, forever. Mm. 
This is actually a very emo love story. This is an emo love story. Tim Burton, eat your heart out. So, enter, like, a minute later, Fisby, who came back because ain't no lion gonna keep her down. She came back and she's like, where's the mulberry tree at? I remember it had white berries. The hell are these red berries? And then she's like, looking around, she's like, what's that? Oh my god! And sees her dead love on the ground, fucking bleeding out. Clarity question, though. If she's never seen him because they only have the little chink in the wall, how does she know that that's him? The same she knows way. that dick. The same way. Oh, <laughs> his dick out, though. Like. <laughs> you, you do what you mean you're not going to whip your dick out before you looked, fall on your sofa. I looked at a lot of art history pictures to find a picture for this episode. His dick was out. Really? In most, in, in most of the photos of Paris with this, his dick was out. What else are they meeting in the Temple of Ninus for? He's the like, Tomb of Ninus. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to get my dick wet or I'm going to die or maybe both. <laughs> You live fast, die young. Emo teen boy. What else? Yeah, so she sees him. She's like, oh my god. And so she's like, why wouldn't you wait like five minutes? Like, just grieve or confirm? Like, what the fuck's wrong with you? So she's like, well, my love of my life is dead. Guess I'll die. Like, (laughs) Guess I'll die too, because we're emo teens. Yeah, most emo love story. It is a little bit. So she takes, he was very It's not as emo as Corpse Bride. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, it's actually more emo. So she takes the like sword that is just covered in his blood and just like stabs it shot through the heart and you're to blame. Shot through the heart and you're to blame. Darling, you give love a bad name. So she sings that as she falls over dead on top of his body. And from then on, the mulberry tree has always been red and they've always been like kind of this big sexy bush. Well, so here's the thing. I'm willing to bet that most of the listeners at home are like, wait a goddamn minute. This I, sounds oddly familiar. This sounds oddly familiar, but I have never heard the names Pyramus and Thisbe Unless you watch in one episode of Simpsons. <laughs> Which they talk about Pyramus and Thisbe. Or Midsummer Night's Dream. Yeah. <laughs> or you read a Midsummer Night's Dream. So, or, true, true fact, you probably have heard of a little play called Romeo and Juliet. Never heard of it. Fake news. <laughs> Fake news doesn't exist. Uh, Fake so, plays. So this is really the reason why they had me on here, besides the fact that I'm like a bona fide Greek person. I and you like Greek myth. You're and I like Greek, Greek myth. myth yes, I, I actually literally grew up with my papu telling us that like Greek myth was real. Like he was Christian, Greek Orthodox, but was also like we're descendants of Athena. Huh. And I was like... That's pap- a good one to be a descendant of. Papu, I'm very confused. Like, <laughs> I, I don't understand how we were just at church. Like, and now you're talking about how we're descendants of Athena. Both are true. <laughs> Both are true. Ours is a little more true. They're kind of lying. Go with it. <laughs> but mostly they asked me here because I'm like a giant Shakespeare nerd mm-hmm. and I was an English teacher a high school English teacher and I like studied Shakespeare <laughs> just like all English teachers she can tell you about Shakespeare so yeah <laughs> just like all English teachers I'm like but fucking Shakespeare man so fun fact A Midsummer Night's Dream and Romeo and Juliet came out in roughly the same year and both are Shakespeare plays and both are... I was gonna say funner fact funner <laughs> both fact. written by Shakespeare if you did not already know that they were both written by Shakespeare mm. And they both came out around, like, 1595. I did have to look that up. I did not know that off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, now, now you will. Now you will. And now I will remember. Don't let them know that. <laughs> You're Never mind. You don't know that. I'm going to keep that knowledge for myself. And A Midsummer Night's Dream is about, like, fairies and shit. There's, like, a donkey. There's, like, a donkey. There's, there's Titiana, the queen of fairies. Titania. Titiana. Not Titiana like Titiana, like Titania. 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 
Don't get don't. out. <laughs> Any high school children who are listening to this because they think it's going to help them write a paper. Oh, God, like, I hope they're not listening. God, please don't. Why are you still here? But if you're if you're for your Greek or, you know, Latin class, if do you're, base your paper if on you're, college, though. If you're in college and your college professor said, hey, listen to this podcast that has excessive swearing in it, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> and if you're a college professor and you haven't told your students about it, it's like, what the fuck? Like, Come why? On. Like, Come do, on. do us we're a wealth, solid. We're wealth of approximate knowledge. <laughs> anyway, Midsummer Night's Dream. So anyway, Dream. tits. A Midsummer Night's Dream has like four plots going on in it. And I, like eight tits. And like more than eight tits. That's a lot of tits. That's a lot of tits. So one of the plots is like these fuckers who are like running around the woods <laughs> going, I'm in love with you. Well, fuck you. I'm in love with him. Well, fuck you. I'm in love with her. And like no one's in love with the right person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And also there are fairies. But then the best And the fairies plot, are also not in love with the right and, people. Yeah, they're also. And then like. They, uh, ain't that the truth. Yeah. So then the best plot though. To be a fairy in love. <laughs> Why must I be, be a fairy in love? I'm very confused right it now. It's a teenager works. in love song. Oh. <laughs> a teen fairy in love. A teen fairy. Oh god, that sounds awful. I would really rather not be a teen fairy in love. That's a manga waiting to happen. It does <laughs> sound exactly like a manga waiting. A teen to fairy love story. Yes. Oh. <laughs> So anyway, the best part of a Midsummer Night's Dream is not all the people who are in love with the wrong people. It's like the, it's the const- rendition with Hugh Grant. It's the construction workers. No, I'm lying. I'm sorry. There's a rendition with Hugh Grant. Sure, there's. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. There's construction workers. There's construction workers. Played by Hugh Grant. Played by Hugh Grant. All of them. And they're all like, oh, soon there's going to be a really big wedding. And we want to, like, put on a play at that wedding, even though we're construction workers. And we've never put on a play before. But, like, let's do the famous story of Pyramus and Thisbe. Well, God damn it, we're cultured. Yeah, the one everyone knows. Pyramus and Thisbe. Yeah, Pyramus and Thisbe. Everyone knows Pyramus and Thisbe. It's the first thing you learn when you go into construction school. Is Pyramus and Thisbe. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, the wall does building a solid relationship. It's about the It's a metaphor for the wall. He built the wall. Can't build a house without walls. So uh, that's actually, I buy that now. Like, that's why they know this story is that it's about how, like, see, if the wall had been structurally sound and there was no chink in the wall, they never would have met and they would still be alive. So it's a cautionary tale for construction workers. So don't fall in love. Yes. It will kill you. It will kill you. That sounds about right. Checks out. (laughs) So distrust all glory holes. <laughs> that's that's actually sound advice. Sound that, that, advice. That's a thou- that's a three thousand year old B- Babylonian proverb. <laughs> <laughs> Warholes will kill you. Aww. Any high school or college students who are still listening, please, I'm at the very of glory. <laughs> please, please at least take that lesson away. Glory holes will kill you. <laughs> so the construction workers are like, let's put on this play, let's do Pyramus and Thisbe. And so, I want to build some sets. <laughs> it's what happens when crew kids try and put on a play. <laughs> Isn't it like supposed to be super awkward rendition of the play? It is. So basically, they are very much the comedic relief in the play, and they go into the forest to try and rehearse, and they get lost, and they end up getting mixed up with the fairies, and, um... Don't, don't, get, don't go into the forest to get lost and mix up with fairies. Exactly. That, that sounds exactly what I want to do. <laughs> I mean, it sounds better than my date. They're all teens yeah. and in love, though. You're gonna... <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah, I'm never gonna go back to that. Never mind. It's gonna be Degrassi. Prom is gonna be real awkward uh, this year. <laughs> Fairy prom Fairy is prom. probably very awkward. That is a manga. That's gotta be very prom? Be. No, that's like an Italian cartoon. <laughs> Winx Club. Right. 
Oh my god, it is Wink's Law. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, they go into the forest, they get mixed up with the fairies, and like Oberon, who's Titania's husband, and they're like fighting over a like boy from India, which is super awkward. What? Yeah, literally, they're having a fight <laughs> Wait, because... what? No. So the fairies, so you've got Titania, the queen of the fairies, and Oberon, yeah. the king of the fairies, and they're like not speaking to each other because they kidnapped a baby boy from India, and like they were both so obsessed with him, and they like couldn't agree who was gonna have more time with him. And is Titania like, like Victoria in the Indian boy is Abdul? Because this is sounding like right? English history. Right? <laughs> the Indian boy is a metaphor for all Colonization. <laughs> and they are obsessed with him mm-hmm. and his spices. And so Oberon like sends his his friend Puck to charm Titania so that the next creature... <sighs> Fucking Puck. I know, Puck. right? Fuck Puck. Fuck, Fuck Puck. Puck. Mighty Pucks. <laughs> the Mighty Pucks. P2, the Mighty Pucks. <laughs> oh, no. Well, he is very mighty because he casts a charm on Titania to fall in love with the next creature she sees. And It's going to be the wrong dude. So, and then, like, I may be missing a step here, but somehow one of the construction workers ends up looking like a donkey. Like, he gets charmed by one of the fairies to look like a donkey, and Titania sees him and falls in love with him. Oh, boy. While he's in, like, donkey form. Nah, oh, just, no. It's just pretty unfortunate. And she's just... She's got the Midas touch. Yeah. And then eventually the charm wears off and she's like, oh no, what have I done? And I'm in love with the donkey. She and Oberon like make up or whatever. And then all the humans get their shit sorted out and they're all in love with the right people. And then there's a wedding and it's actually the wedding between the Duke and an Amazonian woman. Like what the Amazonian queen. Is. There's like so much shit going on. <laughs> there's a lot play. of shit going on. I mean, what? Uh, Where does Pyramus and Thisbe fit? So we're almost there. So we're almost there. So then the construction workers, they want to perform at the wedding for the like the Duke of Athens and his Amazonian bride. Hippolyta. And Hippolyta, thank you, that's her name. And There's only one. Yeah. <laughs> I had in two all, guesses and I shot right. I shot history. true. There's only one. Well, there can be only one Hippolyta. It wasn't Wonder Woman. And so they're like, okay, we're gonna perform our play. And so that's when they perform Pyramus and Thisbe. Uh, and because it bodes well before a wedding, you know? Yeah. It's actually in the reception, so everyone's already married. Oh, uh, okay. So it's what Because it bodes well here. after a reception. Yeah. <laughs> You could get eaten by a lion. And so that's that's when they do the very hilarious rendition where one of the actors is playing the wall and one is playing Pyramus and one's playing Thisbe and one's playing the lion and they One's like, a mulberry bush and they're like, oh a, god, no. I actually don't think the mulberry bush is in that rendition. In the Beatles, Beatles version, which we watched today. Oh, in damn. Which, in which the George Harrison's the mulberry bush. Yeah, and Ringo's the lion. <laughs> Paul and John Paul are and John Pyramus and Thisbe. Oh, I've never seen that. That's amazing. Yeah, they do like a little Shakespeare I thing. would recommend it. Paul is such a ham. It's great. Oh, Oh my god, I'm gonna have to watch that. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, so Shakespeare did retell the story of Pyramus and Thisbe, and what's funny is around that time... He he, retold it again. He retold it again. And slapped an OC don't steal tag on it. And every ninth grade (laughs) class has heard it since. I believe it's called West Side Story. Uh, Wait a second. Actually. I think you mean Romeo and Juliet. (laughs) Which inspired Um, West Side Story, which inspired so many others. So actually, in case your high school teacher neglected to tell you, Shakespeare was not real big on coming up with his own plots. Like, what? he was not the, the king of plots. He was the king of characterization and imagery and, like, making poetry. Up words. And, and, like, words. Yeah. And, like, making up words and stuff like that. So, his... It's rom- sass. Depend- it's and sass. sass. <laughs> and being bisexual. <laughs> so, his Romeo 
and Juliet, despite being the most famous, and it's actually his only play that has been continuously performed since 1595. Wow. It has never gone off the stage. It has been continuously performed. Some all high school everywhere is performing at exactly. any given time. Exactly. It's almost gone as long as Phantom. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Black Magic Andrew Lloyd Webber did to, to make that happen, but uh, somehow Phantom has been playing longer than Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> right. So depending on how you count, Shakespeare's is the fifth telling of Romeo and Juliet, because Pyramus and Thisbe is the original star-crossed lovers story. Then much later, in like the 15th century, there are two Italian tellings, and one is like Luigi del Plato, which I think is actually the second one. Luigi and, del Plato. And then the the other one is like Monterno Santolucci. Like, I can't even remember it. It was like even more Italian than Luigi Del Plato. They're just trying to out Italian each other. They were. Like, and so they apparently decided, you know what? What if we did the story about goth kids? But in Italy, instead of Whoa. in Babylon. In, in my mama, my Verona. So then one of those Italian stories gets translated into French, and then that French retelling gets translated into English. So it's a retelling of a retelling of a retelling that was translated from Babylonian well, speech so from to like Italian. To, like, to Latin, to Italian, Italian to French, French to, to English. English. It's and, like a Princess Mononoke like DVD that we saw that was translated from Japanese to Thai to English. So it was Rincess Mononoke, and every time they said eat, it was bat. <laughs> they did lose some letters. <laughs> yeah. So it was Rincess Mononoke. It's a bootleg of a bootleg of a bootleg of a remake. I imagine that's what the story is. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's like not an inaccurate description of what Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet is. <laughs> So he was obviously very familiar with Pyramus and Thisbe by reading Midsummer's Night's Dream, and he knew about these other retellings from the yeah, Italians and, and from, the French. And then from the English translation of the French translation of the Italian story. <laughs> and uh, he most likely would have been familiar with Ovid's Metamorphoses, so he probably would have been familiar with the original as well. He probably like, went off uh, that. Yeah. He probably so he's like, went... this sounds like a cool story, let me make him my own. So, and he called it Romeo plus Juliet, casting mm, with Leonardo yeah, DiCaprio and exactly. Claudine. He, he That's the closest the version. <laughs> it is actually a, the closest version of Romeo and Juliet. What about is the one that Baz was made Lerman. in like the sixties? So actually, that version cuts out far more lines and scenes than really? the Baz Luhrmann version does. Yeah, huh. the Baz Luhrmann version keeps the most original text. And adds, even with the guns, it's more true to the plot. Yeah, and adds Hawaiian shirts, guns, and nineties music. It is, and also sort of like the high comedy and like the frenetic energy of the Baz. Luhrmann. You very do frenetic. feel the energy. Is, yeah. It's actually probably more accurate to. Shakespeare's original wow. time than even the uh, Franco Zeffirelli, which is the 1960s version. Yeah. It's the one with boobs you see in English class. Yeah. I know, right? I did Except see that. I was the jerk teacher that like fast forwarded past that. Scene. My teacher I was did like, too. nah, bro. And all my students were like, why? And I was like, <laughs> my teacher had accidentally left the room. Like, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> or was it an accident? Or were they just letting, were they just like taking the fall? They're like, it's you art. See? It's a they, movie. they were falling on their sword there. <laughs> they were. They were falling on their own sword. In, so that you can see tits. Yeah. It's worth it. And it's worth it. gallivanting through the field. I remember there's like a five minute sequence of Romeo just fucking booking it through a field. Yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> so yeah, so he he then did Romeo and Juliet and uh, it's like the fifth retelling and it's just the most famous and arguably the best written out of all of them. It's the and only thing he's known for. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Shakes who? It's Shakes the most who? important thing he's known to for. To be or not to be? What? <laughs> Merchant of Venice, you know, what else? What? Uh, <laughs> uh, turn of the Screw, whatever. Wait, well, he's not the Turn of the Screw. That's, what? um... 
Oh, I think that's Alexander Pope. But he's yeah, the taming of the cool. shrew. He's the taming, taming of, the of the shrew. Thank you. Also known as 10 Things I Hate About You. Yes, that's the one I was thinking of. Thank uh, you. A Knight's Tale? A Knight's Tale? No. <laughs> that's Chaucer. That's Chaucer. I know. Chaucer Chaucer's literally, literally in that. In the movie. Like. <laughs> Sorry, wrong Heath Ledger story. <laughs> 10 Things I Hate About You. Uh, uh, Dark Knight she's, Rises. She's, she's, she's the man. man is 12 Nights. Yeah, 12 Nights. Cesario. Yeah, with Amanda Bynes. Yeah. Cesario Bynes. <laughs> and as always, as my papu would tell you, it is all Greek. It all comes back to the Greeks. At but the Babylonians. But <laughs> don't tell that to the Greeks. <laughs> That's amazing. Also, don't tell the Greeks that they don't know how to make liquor. <laughs> That's true. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, we were well, drinking. We, drink we, we have been drinking. What? what? Um, yes. Well, as we all drink now, our very cheap Greek beer. Okay, listen. So today we have the Mythos Hellenic beer. It's bad. It's real bad. Let me finish. It's a Greek course. It's a Greek course. You know. It's a Greek course. It's a Greek course. <laughs> God damn, that's a good one. <laughs> mythos, mythos, hit us up. The Greek chorus. <laughs> so we also had um, certain like mixed drinks that were inspired by Greek alcohols, right? With, with great, your, great names. I'm gonna need your help to remember. So we had a Greek mojito, which had Metaxa Greek brandy. Yeah, it's a brandy, right? And it, so it's like a mojito with the mint and everything, but with Greek brandy. It was pretty good. It, was, that it was, was actually that pretty was good. good. Pretty so good. we were filled with hubris, yeah. which <laughs> if your high school English teacher did not teach <laughs> if you. If you're a Greek play, it's that, bad. If you're a Greek play, comes right before the fall. Your your overwhelming pride. So we were filled with overwhelming pride, and we were like, you know what? Let's let's try this thing called the Santorini Sunrise because it sounds great. And it's a pretty drink, and it was so pretty. Like we finished making it, and we were like, oh, look at it, it's so pretty. It's a pretty color. It's mm-hmm. like this really vibrant pink, mm-hmm. but it has this thing called ouzo in it. Ouzo. Ouzo. Not, Ooh, or, no. not ozo or orzo. No ouzo. I'd rather drink a, dr- a glass filled. With the war zone. <laughs> yeah, pasta. Uh, just pasta. Like, just mm, that would have been better. Jesus. Oh God, I, mm, I'm so, sorry. I apologize on behalf of my people. I don't know what we were thinking. It is very strongly a anise like. Yeah. It's, oh. it's like a black licorice, licorice flavor. Like, mm. Mixed with a grapefruit, which you would think, no. It, it, could, no. it could mask it. No. Pronounces no. it. The grapefruit just pronounces the licorice and makes the grapefruit taste like the outside of a great un- un- unwashed grapefruit. That was the flavor I was getting. Yeah, it was just like licorice. Uh. An unwashed ah. grapefruit, and then we had yeah. Campari in it, so it had like the it weird bitter, bitter cherry. Uh, like, uh, yeah. Ooh. And since we're not like ninety-year-old people, we don't like licorice. <laughs> Sorry for everyone who likes licorice. You're wrong. Get a Twizzler. You're Seriously. wrong. <laughs> so yeah, we're also not big fans of absinthe, in case you haven't heard. So we're like trying to drink this drink, and we're just like, this is not worth it. So we're chasing it up with this Mythos beer, which is... Which at this point in the night is actually not bad. It has a unicorn on it, which is about as good as I can say. Yeah, and I mean, it's very appropriate, considering we're on a show about mythology. Yeah. yeah. And, uh... Hey, Mythos, sit us up. Yeah, so the Greek people do a lot well. Their drinks... Not so much. Yeah, so far, not mm, so much. I think I think I'll stick to the other parts of my heritage with the Germans and the Puerto Ricans. Which they've they've got their, their <laughs> they got, alcohol. Oh my god! Out. Right. So the Greeks do not. <laughs> if you guys have had a really great Greek beverage that you want to tell us about, let us know. 
And we'll give it a try. Yeah, we'll so try far, everything. We're like 0 for 3. Well, the, the brandy was all right. Yeah, no, the, the Greek mojito was pretty good. Yeah, but that was all right. Yeah. And you uh, blame the Italians on the Campari. Yeah, That's true. speaking at least the, the fucking Italians. I mean, they call the, they like tracer paper over everything Greek ever did. I know, right? God. <laughs> they did what Shakespeare did. OC, my original OC, my original character. Don't steal. Don't steal. Like, fuck you, Ovid. It's like, it's like fuck you, Virgil. Like, like deviant art, like back in the day, like. <laughs> My OC don't steal original character completely mine. So <laughs> that is our episode on Pyramus and Bisbee slash Romeo and Juliet. Woo. Thank you so much for joining us. As it's always. a love story. <laughs> Maybe just say yes. Sorry. Baby, Baby just a love say story. Yes. Baby oh. just say yes. Romeo, oh take me. I don't wanna be alone. I'll be waiting. So <laughs> you have to do is call. You'll yes. be the prince and I'll be the princess. princess. It's a love 